0: This week on Next in Marketing, I spoke with Yoo Jung Kim, president of the Dodo, about how her company has avoided the fate of other algorithm-obsessed video publishers over the past decade. Kim discussed how her team prioritizes developing content for platforms ranging from YouTube to Facebook to TikTok and even Netflix, and what the slog of trying to build out unique content opportunities for sponsors is really like. Let's get started.
1: Everything we know about the media, marketing, and advertising business is being completely upended thanks to technology and data. We're talking with some of the top industry leaders as they steer their companies through constant change. Welcome to Next in Marketing, presented by AppsFlyer.
0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Next in Marketing. My guest this week is Yoo Jung Kim. She's the president of the Dodo. Yoo Jung, how are you? Thanks for being here. I'm
1: Kim Mike. How are you?
0: i'm all right uh, I'm pumped to talk to you um because i think you're, you're you are you are very you you're part of a very interesting company that kind of is in the, is in the center of all things video social content but but like multimedia and uh you've kind of lived this 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 internet content journey creator economy thing that we that we didn't maybe maybe we didn't ever not everyone saw coming for a long time so excited to get into it um I want to start with you. So you've been running the Dodo for about six years. I want tell me correct me if I'm wrong. In his, in history, I feel like this was a brand that was primarily living on Facebook and pop living and dying at that time. Tell me if I'm wrong about like with the trying to get in people's news feeds when when you, Facebook was really pushing the eight billion views a day autoplay video thing. Is it, do I have do I have my facts straight on the on the kind of the, the beginnings of the of the property?
1: You do. Um, so I'm closing in on seven years, actually. Wow, okay. um, you know, which in dog years is about 45 <laughs> years, which right. which feels about Probably right. Probably feels like it, yeah. <laughs> um, but you're correct, Mike. The Dodo was built on social media, and I, I really think it's thrived on social media throughout because it's so conducive to the kinds of stories we tell. It's stories that are authentic and relatable that move people to share for the sake of spreading joy, which, you know, we like to think of as, as the best of social media really. Right. Um, and so over the years we've really been able to build pretty massive audiences on Facebook to start, but then Instagram, YouTube, Snap, Twitter, and TikTok.
0: Wow. So that's a lot. And I was going to say you, you are, um, I I've, my kids know the Dodo because you popped up in kids books in their lives um, you've been on television. Can you I, I, can you run through all the places you have the brand lives or has lived over the past five or six years?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, as part of that, I'll you know I'll take you through our thought process for why sure. we thought we'd be on these places at a high level. So, a few years ago, we realized that a strong story with a compelling protagonist, a compelling and dramatic narrative arc, it is really a story that can live across multiple formats. So it all started there with that realization and we started producing longer programming, up to an hour long, made for linear television. And um, as, as you noted, we also turned some of our most successful social videos and franchises into children's books of all reading levels. Uh, and that was done in partnership with Scholastic. And then we've also been taking, you know, what I would call a very opportunistic approach to scaling our brand beyond content to products. And I say opportunistic because the reactive approach would have us, you know, slapping our logo onto any product that wants to be associated with the Dodo. What we aim to do and are in the process of doing now is to collaborate with retailers and service providers and manufacturers from the product development and design phase onward, um, you know, so fr- fr- from the very beginning um, stages to, to, to put that uniquely dodo spin on things, whether it's pet care products or children's toys. So lots more to come there. Um, but that, that's generally how we've been thinking about both the online and offline world.
0: Right. So all right, you've, you've thrown a lot, man, and, and I, a lot at us. And I want to get into a bunch of these topics, but I, I think I probably should back up a little bit because I don't. I, I think I'm not – maybe maybe we, may, we might want to define what the dodo is because I think some people might think of you as, oh, that's the – those guys show me cute, video, cute videos in my social feed. But you talked about you, – you referenced story arcs and characters and you're not – you are not just – because I, I think some people associate social – video brands with like sort of a fleeting engagement or something that's just about like showing something that, that catches you and that, but there's not right. like a, something attached to it. Can you, let, let's talk more, let's get into like what your content is and how, where, maybe how it's evolved.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you're right. It's it's not, um, I mean, I often cringe when <laughs> people try to define the dodo um, because, you know, some people get it um, exactly right and, and others, um, you know, kind of reduce it to um, any other type of animal content you might see on the internet. And, you know, how, how we really see ourselves is um, as content creators who are obsessed with, creating delightful, emotional, um, joy-filled content that makes people feel connected to animals mm-hmm. and inspired to do right by them. So in that sense, we're very much a mission-driven company. And, um, you know, I, I I do think the entertainment piece is important, though, because at a time when positivity and, and hope... Are unfortunately more and more scarce. You know the the dodo promises a happy ending and entertainment that's family friendly and and very conducive to co viewing. So that uh, is what we do at the highest level.
0: Right, um, because it, you know it, it, it's interesting to think about this. Um, there is sort of a, there's been a, a backlash of late. You know, well there, well, there was definitely a, you know there was definitely a shakeout among companies that really like primarily started on Facebook and built up big numbers, but maybe not, you know, real audience connections from, you know, and, yeah. and sort of maybe work to the algorithm or, you know, like they almost like skipped the part about building a media brand and just learned how to, to hack, yeah. the, hack the feed. And you guys never, you guys didn't really get sucked into that when it, when it from, you know, like people might've thought that would happen or, 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 or didn't give you enough credit for being, being more than just trying to do that.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that, and you know, at the Dodo, we've we've always seen words like algorithm and pivot, you know, as, as yeah. dirty words. Yeah. <laughs> They're not uh, words we um, live and die by by a long shot. So, you know, we we've what that means is we, we've never subscribed to the idea of growth hacking or beating the algorithm, even in the days when it was cool to do so. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say five or seven years ago, um, our, our north star has always been to create content that audiences actually want to consume and content that's consistent with their mission. And having that very clear understanding of who we are as a brand at all times has in turn given us clarity of thought when it comes to how or whether we respond to algorithm changes. Um, And, you know, this doesn't mean we ignore what platforms prioritize via their algorithm. We actually pay very close attention to it. And, you know, and it, it, if you look at the timeline of algorithm changes, they've largely revolved around changes to which format the platform prioritizes. So, you know, and from 30 seconds to 90 seconds yep. to three minutes <laughs> to coming around full circle, where very short content is, is the cool new kid on the block again, thanks to TikTok.
0: Right. Um, Although they are even we'll, revol- evolving.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll, we'll play this game because we are formatting-agnostic to a certain extent. So, you know, um, you know, a strong story is a strong story, and it transcends format. So, we have conviction that we can make any format work as as long as we have the story. So, right. you know, why not go with the format that will be prioritized by the algorithm?
0: Sure. I know I keep going backwards in our, our narrative flow here, but I, I'm wondering if you could talk about like when, when this started, when you, when, you know, there's, there, there's the, we're, we're getting into like how, what kind of content you produced and what kind of, how you, how you figured out what worked on, on which, with which platform. But what about the idea that there was enough, there was a big audience for this or there, and and, and the business, because I think, Sure, people have always loved animals, animal content, but that's not hasn't been treated as a category a lot in like yeah. in the media world. And I'm sure there were a lot of skeptics as whether that was that um, was that was a, that was a, a there was going to be a consistent audience there and something that you could turn into a business with, maybe not not necessarily a natural endemic advertising category, or, or I don't know, what, 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 what were the early discussions like in trying to, trying to, to right.
1: discuss mean, yes, this as a real business. business? Every, every step of the yeah. way. And I don't think we've quite shaken off all of them yet. Um, but going back to the beginning, the Dota was founded by Izzy Lehrer who has a, a PhD in an animal philosophy. And a, in addition to being, you know, the the biggest animal lover I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, Izzy, you know, noticed, a gap in the way animals were being represented on the internet. And, you know, it was all mostly those, um, you know, vapid lolcat cat videos that that we love to hate or hate yep. to love um, yep. or, or viral clips that, you know, live and die on a social feed, the, the ones you were referencing earlier, or, you know, these videos were relegated to a lifestyle vertical, um, you know, on some general interest website. Um, so the opportunity that Izzy really saw was to go beyond viral hits, um, and, and to tell actual stories about animals with a beginning, middle and end, in the same way we tell stories about humans. So, you know, that, I, I mean, the way we tell stories about humans is, is obviously very sophisticated, but the way people were telling stories about animals was, you know, very, very crude and one dimensional. Right. So we, we really sought to overturn that. And you know, I, I came in a few months later as the first, you know, business person, so to speak. And Izzy and I knew that all the trends were pointing toward the dodo becoming a huge audience and business opportunity. So we saw the stat that animals are the most consumed content category on the internet ahead of sports. Um, you know, we we saw that people take more photos of their pets than they do themselves or right. their babies. And, you know, as as the mother to a one-year-old, I, I find the latter really hard to believe. <laughs> and it makes
0: the stat
1: <laughs> that much more compelling. Um, I, but we also saw stats that, you know, like, 97% of pet owners see their pets as part of their family,
0: sure. which
1: is a stat that didn't even exist 10 years ago because it, it wasn't a mainstream notion that pets could be family members. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, all this gave us conviction that both the eyeballs and dollars would be there if we could build, you know, the authoritative destination for pet and and more broadly, animal lovers.
0: And so I want to, you, you keep referencing like you, you mentioned that yeah, the 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 cat videos that we've all kind of like made that became that sort of became synonymous early on with web video, or the dog on the skateboard. It was always another one. Yeah. Um You're not. I'm. This this is probably clear for most people, but not maybe not everybody. You're you're not just in the business of capturing. Hey, this is a cute video that someone sent us, or this is the you know people's family pet. Like you make stuff. You're make. You're telling stories. You you go out and produce things and find incredible animal stories. In addition to highlighting beautiful cute things like that that people, everyone loves right i mean we, we should make that clear
1: yeah i i appreciate that distinction correct so you know what one of the um uh you know we we've talked about what the toto is and a, a bit about what it's not and what we're not is we don't just aggregate content yeah. um you know every piece um, every video that we publish, um, you know, takes um, a, a significant amount of time and uh, production work really to uh, make it into a Dodo story. Um, you know, and it, it all starts with us spending a lot of time searching for the best animal stories. You know, the ones we can tell better than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then what we do is, you know, we effectively treat the story as, as IP. And you know, a, a lot of times. Um, This starts with one of our producers finding just that 15 second clip on Instagram. You know, it could be of a a miniature horse who's walking for the first time uh, on his prosthetic leg. And then we go down the rabbit hole to see if there's a backstory, Um, you know, is um, who's the animal, who's his human, uh, where does he live? What, makes him tick? Um, you know, what What are his quirks? What makes him different from other miniature horses with a prosthetic bike? Because there are actually many of them out there. And, you know, if there's something there, we normally start by producing, you know, say a, a five minute video featuring this horse. And if that resonates with our audience, we may produce an entire series with the same horse. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, we'll perhaps turn the horse's story into a book as we've done with Scholastic and Pumpkin and, and, you know, uh, who knows down the road, potentially a plush toy where the story is bundled into the packaging. So, um, yes, we, um, it all starts on social. And a lot of times, um, you know, it all starts uh, by us scouring the the interwebs to, to find that nugget. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the path from there is a, a very long one.
0: Right. Um- Okay, so we keep we keep talking about the different platforms you're working on. I'll make sure we, I want to um, just get in how, the, like that for that example, or, or or maybe others. How do you figure out? Okay, we've got this this amazing story about this this miniature horse with a prosthetic. Does that do you automatically say we're going to cut that for? youtube and instagram and tiktok and i don't know pinterest and whatever whatever else i'm not thinking to twitch i don't or, or do you how do you balance like what which what content goes where what's a story what's not like how do you how do you make figure out how to make stuff for everything and that go crazy yeah
1: so you know wh- when we were first starting out we were fixated on making content different for just about every platform that we were on and it, it made sense for the time and i'm really glad we built this muscle because it's what's allowed us to make major leaps in the types of content we produce like going from you know, programming for social media to programming for TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think the interesting shift that happened a few years ago across the social landscape was that all the platforms started to copy each other. <laughs> totally. And yeah. you know, all the features Reels sets, is
0: very much like TikTok, for example.
1: Exactly. Everything started to converge, which honestly, um, you know, it was a big bone thrown at, at publishers and, and that rarely happens. So <laughs> we'll take what we can no get. Pun intended. Um yeah, so it, it meant that we could streamline our workflows, and again, just laser focus on getting that good story. Yeah, knowing that uh, we could tell it in a very similar way across platforms.
0: That's interesting because there, there was a a, a long an often repeated uh, truism, I guess, that you yeah well you have to make stuff for each co- platform specifically. They're so unique, but you're right. There's been such a blending that 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 probably helps companies scale and prioritize a lot a lot better than they would have in the past.
1: That's exactly right. And, you know, even within each platform, if you look at Instagram, they now you know, you can consume longer content, longer videos, you know, up to 10 minutes long. But, but, you know, then there are reels, there are IT stories. There are so many features within each platform as well that it's actually become more about programming, um, you know, uh, differently within the platform as opposed to across platforms.
0: Interesting. Okay. So this is probably a common question for you, but with all that you're doing there, how do you, is it, is it a challenge to measure all this cohesively so you can, you know, figure out what is resonating, figure out where to lean in and lean back and also kind of communicate to, you know, the ad world and other investors and whoever else cares about that stuff?
1: Yeah. So, you know, specifically when it comes to truly capturing the scale of what we do for advertisers, it, it is still a challenge, um, you know, but putting aside advertising for a second and, sure. and focusing on what we need to operate effectively, we've learned to move past the ambition to have one comp score, one Nielsen-esque mm-hmm. metric to rule them all, uh, to capture everything we're doing across the Probably business. not
0: realistic or...
1: Yeah. And, and we found that it's actually much more productive for us to have discrete. Metrics and you know standalone P&Ls for each initiative, so we know what the return on investment is for that specific initiative. And it, it's not all just financial; it's you yeah. know we have audience KPIs, we have brand building KPIs, and then of course financial metrics. Sure. Um. So you know, rather than trying to draw an apples to apples comparison between a video view on social and a page view on the web and a stream on Netflix and a, a turn of the page of a physical book. Um, we we really just look at things in silos and and that's really given yeah. us peace um, and the conviction that each initiative is worth.
0: That's funny that the, the, there's so much like angst about we have to have some kind of commonality and make it all make sense together. And you're just like, we're, we're at peace with the si- silos or it's the way it's the way it is. Like it's going to be, it's not all not all in your control, and it doesn't. And it's probably doesn't make sense to try and strive for some magic metric that works for everything.
1: That's right. We just need to know that everything we're doing, um, each thing that we're doing, is worthwhile. Um, and obviously, it needs to hang together and um, and and roll up to a holistic strategy. But yeah. it, it all starts with a, a bottom set evaluation of uh, whether each initiative is, is worthwhile, and and that's done with within its own you know, discrete set of metrics.
0: Gotcha. Speaking of metrics and numbers that people care about or, um, w- without giving up, giving too much away, unless you'd, you'd love to give a lot, uh, give away <laughs> your, 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 exact revenue numbers. What What is your, th- let's just talk about like your business model if you can right now. And it's probably, and it's probably multifaceted and always evolving, but like, what's your, what's your, like make, what's the revenue mix look like between advertising, merchandising, licensing, stuff like that.
1: So, you know, I am taking allergy medication. So if I were to ever <laughs> sing it, it, you know, w- would be under the influence. But no, I'm, I'm not <laughs> going to do that today. Uh, I can speak I to It's St. Patrick's uh, Day. I
0: mean, you could just say you started early.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, if there were April Fool's, that, that'd be even better. But um, so yeah, at a high level, advertising, which includes both programmatic revenue and direct partnerships with brands, makes up. The largest portion of the pie today and you know our our programming revenue which is um our content you know most commonly associated with um uh the the content we we sell to to networks and streamers is um another large slice and then licensing and commerce you know broadly speaking is is the fastest growing slice so that's the the rough uh composition today and um you know our, our goal is diversification and, sure. um, you know, diversification of revenue doesn't happen overnight, uh, but but we're in it for the long game. And, and we're really finding that the more brand credibility we build, the easier it is to diversify into new business lines. So it's, you know, that much more incentive to keep putting our audience first. Um, but you know, it's, I, I think diversification was another buzzword in digital mm-hmm. media a few years ago. Um, and everyone was, you know, uh, obsessed with it. And, um, you know, we, we were really looking at it as, you know, five, maybe even 10 year roadmap and and not something that can happen overnight.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to, and I'm going to guess that that's going to vary by platform pretty dramatically, we're like, a you tell me about a Facebook or, or YouTube, I'm assuming are f- much further ahead at just being viable places to, to to make money for a media company, where TikTok is probably in a different place.
1: Absolutely, um, you you can't even put them in the same bucket. Um, you know, it's it's like saying uh, comparing linear and digital revenue, <laughs> and, right. um, You know, a- advertising revenue. It's it's um, you know, very very different life stages, and we take that in c- into account when we think about. Uh, the resources that you know we we invest, whether it's community management or other bespoke initiatives that we do with a specific platform.
0: Right. Okay. Um, so, talk talk to me about how you work with brands. You said you know a, a fair amount of your revenue it sounds like that is not from direct sales with with clients, but but there are, you do you do work with them on branded content deals. Is that is that a big part of your your business? And is it is that something you can only do a handful of deals a year. Do you do a lot? Of, is there is there a scale challenge there? Like what's that? What's that business like?
1: It, it is a big part of our advertising business. So the the two you know main uh, pieces of our advertising pie are programmatic and, and direct uh, partnerships with mm-hmm. brands. And uh, when it comes to the latter, you know there are two main ways that we work with brands um, in an advertising capacity. One is that we create custom content for the brand that looks and feels like a Dodo video, uh, which, you know, I, I think is what you're referring to as, as branded yep. content. And the second is editorial sponsorship where typically a brand will align themselves with a digital series that's been running for multiple seasons. Um, you know, our, our, show comeback kids is a good example of this, uh, where, you know, this will be the, the fourth season that Geico has come in as a sponsor.
0: Right, but like so that that, that's a good example. Geico is not part of the production of that show, but they're 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 owning it, so to speak, as an advertiser.
1: That's exactly right.
0: Do you you have a good example or two of a of the of the former uh, you know of of shows where shows or projects where brands were you know pretty integrally involved in the production?
1: So, yeah. So you know, uh, an example I really like is um, when we worked um, with uh, Paramount on their Dora, the Explorer live action film. And, um, you know, the, the branded content piece of that was to, um, for us to create Dodo videos featuring, you know, the, the stars, the, the actors and actresses in that movie with their pets. And you know, as at once endemic and and custom and and branded, but also you know, obviously um, very much in line with the type of video we would produce for Dodo yep. Kids in particular. So that that's where the yeah, so the something video- your audience is going to
0: love I any mean, regardless.
1: Exactly. I mean, uh, hopefully they'll they'll, you know, love the story in its own right, but the fact that it's, you know, it features the the stars from um this live action film makes it that much better. So, uh custom videos like those are are really a win-win. Uh we love making them and and you know our partners are are usually pretty happy with them as well.
0: Okay, totally different end of the spectrum in advertising. Has all the all that we keep talking about all the different changes and uh, pr- the, the targeting rules with cookies and Apple IDs and privacy and regulation. How much of the, has that matter to you guys at all? Like is that is that a big part of your business? Brands trying to bring their own data and target specific customers? Is that not really your something that's that's keeping you up at night?
1: I, it definitely keeps us up at night. Um, and, you know, the all the changes um, haven't really trickled down to us yet. But it's certainly something we're staying close to. Mm-hmm. You know, if Facebook takes a $10 billion hit, uh, as they said they will as a result of apple's changes you know some of that will inevitably trick trickle down sure. to publishers um yeah if you live in that ecosystem sure.
0: you're going to be watching that
1: exactly we're, we're just not sure of the magnitude yet um so all the more reason to diversify 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 yeah
0: <laughs> right so you're never beholden to any one thing that's i think it's probably every every business every media business would say the same thing if you can exactly. um can we let's talk about what you've done You've you've you mentioned television. You've done projects with Animal Planet. Um, I'm I'm sure there's lots of lots of interest from other players. There's so many new new contenders in streaming. Um, can you can you catch us up on like what's going on with the Dodo and TV? And then I'd, I'd love to specifically get into like if there's something unique you're doing in the exploding connected television space.
1: Sure, we've produced shows. Um, yes, for Animal Planet, uh, in addition to. Disney, Netflix, uh, Hulu, and and others with more on the way later this year. And, you know, I, I, I'll say TV allows us to do two things that we can't do on digital media. One is obvious, it's to tell longer stories, you know, up to an hour long, which uh, we can never get away with on social. And attention spans are simply too short on social. And, you know, the, the really special animal stories, Usually come with backstories um, about the animal's journey sure. um, and his relationships, um, and the more time you spend with the animal, the more you invested, uh, the more invested you become. So we we tend to save you know all these stories for, for linear, and you know I'd, I'd say the the second thing that TV allows us to do is it's it's really an effective funnel for drawing in new audiences that we can't access as easily on social media, mm-hmm. uh, namely families and, and kids so you know in in terms of what our strategy is um and i say linear but you know obviously that's that's just um i don't know what that means anymore it's, yeah right yeah we, we treat you know networks and um you know streamers as one and the same but you know our, our strategy there is is to partner with um the top um you know players in the space to uh to bring to life big dodo stories um you know geared toward family Co-viewing, um, and you know the the Dodo itself isn't set up to be a studio, and it's unlikely we'll ever get into the business of, of churning out shows at a rapid rate. But if we can release several. Brand defining, audience building programs each year that we can be really proud of. That's a win in our book, and and you know that's our our strategy broadly
0: right. speaking. Okay, so that's so that's interesting. You're you're more in the business of let's partner with a Hulu, let's partner with a Netflix, let's get on somebody on linear with with a big project, rather than yeah. everyone. It's so many companies are racing, but we have to have our own connected TV app and produce a million things a year and right. control that experience. That's not really where you're headed or need to head.
1: It's not. And I wouldn't rule it out. It's it's hard to rule anything mm-hmm. out in this business, sure. but it's it's a slog. I think anyone who's tried to launch an OTT app can say that. I think anyone who's tried to launch a o- mobile app in the last however many years can say that. So, we're, yeah. um, you know, we, we if we were to... Um, go all in on that we we you know it'll, it'll be on the back of uh, research and conviction that that we can actually make a dent in the space but for now we haven't seen enough evidence to point us in that yeah. direction it, it,
0: it's crowded it's you're amongst big spenders you're trying to get in somebody's yes. home screen which is very similar to mobile like you said it's 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 a, a slog is a good is a good work description
1: yes and uh, the ui on many of these connected tv platforms just hasn't caught up yet. So, you know, we're, we're really swimming upstream even if we build the best possible, you know, TT app, um, the discoverability <laughs> features like
0: where that was, you know, like discoverability and social was very different and, and more in, in exactly
1: depth, exactly surface
0: things. That's super interesting. Um, okay. Can you, can you talk a little bit about, you mentioned early on commerce, a very hot topic right now, the, the, the conversions of commerce and media and advertising, um, I I could have seen, you know, I'm sure you got interest early on to get, like, like you said, let's get, let's, can we throw your name on our product? Uh, We're making dog, we're making pet stuff. Right. Can you, um, or that, you know, there's the other end, you you probably were, it was, you you were probably getting courted by people, hey, hey, let's make a whole bunch of original products in your line, in your, in your name or versus a partnership in the middle. Like what, where, what was the commerce journey like for you in the decision-making process?
1: Well, I'll start by saying so much of it is nascent and there are two major projects we're working on that I can't talk about quite yet. So this question um, feels like a bit a bit of a tease because I, I am dying to talk about them. But, um, you know, uh, uh, you hit the nail on the head in, in terms of us, you know, um, trying to figure out where on the spectrum we want to play. And, you know, one example I'll, I'll cite isn't really, um, you know, a product Per se, but you know, it, it very much lies outside our bread and butter of content, and that is the pet insurance partnership that we entered into. Um, you know, a, about a year and a half ago, where um, you know we looked across the pet industry and tried to identify the gaps. Um, you know, when it came to products and services. And we saw that pet insurance had um, an insanely low penetration rate among pet parents in the U S it's, it's at 2%. And when you look at pet care spend in general, every, you know, across every category, it, there's just been a huge spike, except for pet insurance. And we really diagnosed that problem as, as one of uh, a lack of trust and a lack of information, um, as well as a, a lack of, you know, a, a, a truly compelling pet insurance product that really cares. Um, so that was really the entry point for us knowing that we had a right to play in that space, because uh, we could disseminate reliable information, we do bring that trust to um, among pet parents, uh, that what we're recommending, you know, comes from the heart and from a place of knowing what's best for the pet. So that prompted us to partner with a top five pet insurance provider and, uh, completely, you know, relaunch the brand. And, you know, it it just came to market as that brand, um, you know, a, a month or so ago, it's, it's called fetch by the Dodo and it's our, um, it, it, it's our answer <laughs> to a product that we think mm-hmm. has been broken. Um, so I like that example because it points to uh, the thoughtful approach that we'd like to take to any form of commerce. Which is, you know, we need a really good answer to: Do we have the right to uh, to play in this space? Right,
0: you're not just another yet. You, you know, a me too product. You really make you have potential to to make a difference in a category exactly it's funny you 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 say that that um we you know we got a dog we got a cover dog about you know a year and change ago of course and Uh um we're going we're we actually have been going through some some health issues and it is as as most pet owners know it gets really costly it does and i know you know i didn't realize like pet insurance was a thing until very recently i wish we had this conversation a while back but but yeah there is people don't know about it and there's just tons of upside there so that makes a ton of sense for you to lean in there it's fascinating it does well, while we're on the topic you you have to share uh,
1: your covid pet's name and w- one fun fact about him or her
0: uh sure my my the, her her name is shadow uh she's a she's half border collie half uh lab and uh, oh man she's from she's from texas and uh what what is a fun fact about her um what's a quirk she she's just a, she's like a big time scaredy cat basically I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's 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 a little sad like she's probably been through i think she had a rough go when she was on right. her own but uh um, but she's a sweetheart but she's but she's just totally like all bark no bite totally scared of everyone um, so um we,
1: we've so had to we've had why to
0: she's, yeah. shadow? she's scared of her own shadow. Uh, he, well she's 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 uh she's black and it, but and so she she looks like you know she, like like a total shadow <laughs> okay. but also i think she clings to people yeah um,
1: right. That. we've had
0: to get her to get used to the pizza guy coming without Getting terrified, <laughs> it's a <laughs> <Thank> problem. <you. laughs> but uh, anyway, you thrown me you you thrown me off with asking me questions. I want I want to ask you uh, a couple more things. This has been terrific. Can your company? Can you talk about like uh, your company? You you are part of a, a company that keeps changing and adding pieces and going through all these uh, different machinations. But I I know originally you were launched as part of Group Nine right for, right with as part of with Thrillist. Uh, seeker, some investment from Discovery, and what am I missing?
1: Well, originally we were a standalone company, so we operated um, as um, you know a, a, a startup. I'm forgetting <laughs> so, that. Okay, yeah, um, for for several years, and then at that point. <laughs> Uh, a few years in, we merged with Thrillist Seeker. Now this, now this, um, that's right. That was the other one. And uh, yes, that's it. Um, to, to form Group Nine Media, which really acted as an umbrella for these brands. And then a few years ago, we uh, merged with Pop Sugar, yeah. and and they came under the Group Nine umbrella. And then most recently, we merged with Fox.
0: Right. Um, so that's quite a, di- a portfolio of, of prominent digital. Companies has that? I guess what has the ride been like? Has it mattered to you day to day running your company? Just <coughs> just like stuff that you know investors and reporters care about, and then or and has it opened up new avenues and doors for you potentially? You know, partnering with on bigger projects with Pop Sugar and, and and those right. kind of things.
1: Yeah. I, never a dull moment <laughs> in media. Um, and, and yes, it's, it's very much um, affected our, our day to day. So, you know, if you think about it in terms of the challenges and opportunities um, the challenge is the time that you need to invest in integrating into the broader portfolio. Sure. It's not a plug and play by a long shot. No, it
0: takes you a know, while. I,
1: I think when you're in the editorial business integration is less about creating processes and more about building trust whether it's trust that you know a, a new sales team will represent your brand correctly in the market or trust with the corporate leadership um, team that you're measuring success in the same way. And, um, you know, when your role as a brand um, is really to do right by your audience, you know, all those things matter hugely. So, you know, I would say the challenge is the time that it inevitably takes to build this trust and and to integrate um, um, in a thoughtful way. And the opportunity of course is, is to be able to do everything bigger uh, and better, uh, than, than you ever could on your own. Um, you know, just the pure economics of it. Uh, the reality is, um, you know, as a a standalone digital media company, um, you know, it's, um, also a slog (laughs) and, um, you know, um, you can, you know, keep the lights on and and pay the bills doing, uh, your bread and butter. But if you have ambitions to scale beyond that, and, you know, uh, again, you know, to drop the D word, diversify, then, uh, y- you need, uh, additional infrastructure. And, and, uh, for that, I think a portfolio setup up, uh, works very well.
0: Right. Yeah. But, but like, like you said, the, the, it opens so many more doors for you with these, you know, potentially big partnerships, integrations, but none of them are simple anymore. Not maybe they, not that they ever really were.
1: No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, all right. Well, this is terrific. I'll, I'll, I'll just thank you so much for your time here. Let's let's close on this. Are there anything anything interesting coming up that we should know about in terms of your company, what you what what's coming next, or in this in the animal world? That's that's something that that animal lovers should pay attention to that maybe they, they might not know about.
1: Gosh, uh, I love that question. Well, this conversation has been great. I I think we covered so many bases. And, you know, I I love your focus on, um, you know, um, really getting to the heart of, of what the dodo does. So, I don't have much more to say. The The one thing that we haven't touched on is, um, you know, our w- we operate sub-brands within the Dodo and Dodo Kids is one of them and El Dodo is another. And, you know, how we think about those two brands is, um, you know, taking um, what's special about the Dodo, um, but then really translating it in a very thoughtful way to um, the, you know, a uh, um, whatever audience we're speaking to on Dodo Kids, it's, you know, very young children. And then El Dodo, it's, um, you know, Spanish speaking animal lovers, not only within the U.S., but globally. And, you know, that that's been um, a real learning experience um, because, you know, it's, it's not, just actually translating it literally, but it's getting inside um, the heads of a totally different audience sure. and, and figuring out what should stay the same, but what should be different. Um, so, you know, we have learned a lot by building out these sub brands and there's, um, there's so many more pockets of audiences that I think we could speak to directly. So that, that's one thing that uh, is ahead that we're excited to build out.
0: Exciting. Well, I will I will leave it there. Awesome conversation. You're here. Thank you so much for your time and hopefully we'll chat again down the road.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Mike.
0: Thank you. A big thanks to my guests this week, yu Kim, president of the Dodo, and of course my partners at AppsFlyer. If you like this episode, please take a moment to rate and leave a review. We have lots more to bring you, so be sure to hit that subscribe button. We'll see you next time for more on what's next in marketing.